conversations about sex arise, sometimes people only hit the surface. With us, we're going to dive deeper. I'm Anthony Brinson. I'm Elle Fromm. And, and this, this is, is the Going, Going Deeper, deeper podcast. podcast. So, hopefully, some of you guys came with us for episode two. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, episode one had been published. And for this episode, we have the love and sex reporter of the state news. We felt it was only right to get her on early for the show's um, beginning. And I'll let her introduce herself and she can go from there. Perfect. I'm Hannah Holy Cross. As Anthony said, I'm the love and sex reporter this semester at the State News. Yeah, and we're very excited to have you. We were talking a bit um, off the mic just about, like, is this your first time being on a podcast, which you did remind me that you were on an episode of House Lights uh, earlier in the semester. Just real quick to shout them out, how was that being on House Lights with Liz? Oh, it, it was so fun. I love Liz because she's just, everything she says is just hilarious. Definitely. So being so on the podcast was just so fun because it was just like having like a one-on-one conversation kind of where we just kind of, and like I, I almost had to stop myself from just breaking out laughing <laughs> half the time. Yeah, I love Liz and I love House Lights. So shout out to them, but... With that being said, do you want to start us off with the questions, L? Sure, or? yeah. So the Love and Sex Beat is new to the state news. This is the first year it's ever existed, correct? So it actually existed. I'm full of lies. <laughs> I think um, as far as I know, Hannah Worley was it last fall, and then PJ Pfeiffer was it last semester. I'm not sure if it was before then or if she or if Hannah was the first one or not. In my defense, I was not here last year. <laughs> You're completely fine. I was before you said that PJ was it, I was going to say, "Do you have to be named Hannah?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Crazy coincidence. So, but but it's still relatively new. It's yeah, very Okay. New. Okay. So yeah. what um what desk is it? So it's culture. It's desk. culture desk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tell us a little bit more about what it is. So how many stories do you write? What type of stories? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a very much of a wider variety than people may think. You know, I cover stories about relationships, but I also cover a lot of stories about things happening on campus kind of related to that. Um, self-love, self-care, um, also kind of like a lot of like reproductive stuff too. Definitely understandable. And we were talking a bit off the mic um, before we start recording. Just what led you to wanting to be this love and sex reporter? And then how's your experience been so far being the love and sex reporter? Yeah, so I kind of had an interest in it last semester because a lot of the stories PJ was writing, like I was always so interested in and it mm-hmm. was stuff like I was like, oh my gosh, like I wish I could write about that. And so like, I kind of remember telling people every now and then like, oh, like, I think I want to be love and sex next semester. And so over the summer, working on summer staff, you have a lot of flexibility. And I wrote like a lot of feature stories. And when I applied for the fall semester, Morgan reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in the beat. She thinks it was was something I would be good at. And I was like, of course. And I went like right into my notes app and I had like all these ideas, just like a big list. And I still have ideas I haven't used yet that I wrote down right when she texted me. So definitely like, just being able to like come up with stories on hand like it's definitely like a beat that comes easy to me I feel like that's great to hear and I had asked you what was your favorite story you wrote so far you were telling me about your PCOS story so if mm-hmm. you want to kind of shout that out and describe that yeah so I just finished writing that story a few days ago and I was really proud of that story because it's a topic I feel is very important and isn't talked about enough I had talked about it with my hairstylist over the summer kind of like how she handles it and like I didn't know a lot of stuff about it like I had heard of the condition before but I didn't know just how severe and like 
like day to day some of the symptoms are and also that there is no like definite cure for it mm-hmm. and some of the treatments doctors will give patients for it like don't even work half the time really? so i like personally really wanted to dig deeper into the condition itself and kind of like also how it's overlooked in the healthcare industry and like kind of how it kind of collaborates with how women aren't taken seriously sometimes by doctors especially with like reproductive or uterine things so definitely like doing this story I learned so much about the condition and like 70 percent of women who have PCOS are on like undiagnosed wow so the story was very eye-opening for those of you who might not know PCOS is polycystic ovary or either polycystic ovary syndrome or polycystic ovarian syndrome which is so it's a hormonal condition where it, you frequently get cysts in your ovaries, and it can also affect fertility in the future. And some common symptoms include like harsh periods, uh, cramps, abdominal pain, acne, and sometimes even facial hair. Wow. And if you guys are interested in that story, definitely check it out on thestatenews.com. And with doing reporting on that story and the stories you've already done in general, I want to ask... How has it made you more knowledgeable when thinking about, like, sex and love and just being more open to talking about those things and reporting them? Yeah, it's definitely helped me grow as a reporter, especially going from, like, being an environment. I was the environmental reporter last semester, so it's kind of like a drastic change. And the thing I really love about this beat is the personal interviews I have with people because there's some stories I haven't released yet where I talked about, like, changing your hair after a breakup, and I talked to a girl who kind of got her hair cut and like got it dyed darker after breakup and just like being able to have personal conversations with sources is very like Mm eye-opening and it's very like opened my eyes to the way people handle things the way they take care of themselves and like it's kind of made me realize how important it is to put yourself first in almost all situations regarding love and sex definitely understandable and do you have anything you want to add, Elle? Yeah, I was going to say you mentioned earlier self-love, and that never would have occurred to me. Like, when I think love and sex, I don't think of things like that. So that's a that was a definite blind spot for me. But, yes, I mean, self-love is obviously love, too. So that's I think that's a really important addition. Yeah, and I'm glad you added that aspect as well. And speaking of which, we asked um, off the mic if you are in a relationship, and you told us that you are. So, And I know you mentioned uh, he's a bit prior to your boyfriend, so however much you want to share about your relationship just shout him out and then talk about it yeah so i've been dating my boyfriend for almost a year now Congratulations! and i think the best part about my relationship with him is he is my best friend but in a healthy way mm. like i feel like he's always my support system and one thing i love about him is he always has my back but he's never afraid to call me out mm. about things like he'll always support me always like let he will always put up with my long rants stuff like that but he will always like let me know like okay well like here's another way you can think about the situation like sometimes you know I'm always like I'm always right mm-hmm. you're and just like me for real and, yeah and he'll be like yes you are but here's <laughs> another way you can think about this so that's what I just like love about him because he's literally my best friend he's the first person I go to to talk about things but he's just like such a healthy support system I feel like that's so important in a relationship is to have that person that you can just be authentic around and just be able to feel like you can just tell everything to and there'll be no judgment and that's one of the best things of being a part of a relationship I know me and Elle talked about um in our intro episode about just like 
having views about love and just being like going from a relationship that didn't work out to now meeting someone who like you feels like your other half and I want to ask you with being in this relationship what advice would you give people whether they're in a relationship or not just from a girlfriend perspective about mm-hmm. just being in a relationship and then getting in a relationship after a bad experience like yeah. that transitional period as well yeah so uh, one thing that's like very cliche but that I will really emphasize is that communication is key and you also need to also understand that sometimes relationships are a learning experience mm. and my boyfriend and I will always learn from each other new things like every day about like how we want to be treated and how we want each other to treat each other and I feel like you just got to take everything like okay people make mistakes and kind of move on because I mean obviously there are certain mistakes in relationships you shouldn't move on from but with communication it's I feel like communication can just help you like move forward and like better your relationship and like that's why I feel like my boyfriend and I have been able to keep our relationship so strong and so healthy for so long is because we're just always so honest with each other not afraid to be like hey this upset me I'm not mad at you but like I just want you to know this Mm, and there's been a lot of talk recently because there's been a an increase of I'm not sure if that's statistical or if it's just more recent stories of divorces in Hollywood and people have been talking about how oh, when you marry somebody, it's a commitment. You never walk away from that. Like, you can't do that. But I, I another perspective was that people grow and change together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you you do outgrow a relationship. Maybe it's, I think it was Hugh Jackman, twenty his wife of 27 years. Maybe it's, you know, a few months. But pe- people grow and change together. And, I mean, I think, personally, I think you can fall out of love just as easily as you fall in love. Really? Could you expound upon that a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, I I don't think love is a constant state. Mm. Okay. Because there is, uh, this is another cliche, but there's a difference between loving someone and being in love with mm, someone. Yeah. So oftentimes when you're in love with somebody, it's it's near the beginning. Well, hopefully not like super beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's it's earlier on in the relationship. You have this rose-colored glasses. You're infatuated with somebody and then that doesn't always last but hopefully it it gives way to just loving somebody Mm -hmm. who they are understanding them and then you experience moments where you do fall you know people talk about falling in love all over like that's on anniversaries or just maybe random things they do Mm -hmm. and that's so beautiful but i do think people fall out of love all the time because the only thing you can predict with 100% certainty about somebody is that they will change. Mm-hmm. Life throws so many curveballs at us. We go through so much. And to say that one person is going to be by my side throughout all of this is, is just unrealistic. Because people's goals change, their expectations change, their situations change. And as that continues, you could grow apart just the same way you could grow together and stay together. So when you talk about keeping communication intact i think that is very important because like i said people people change yeah that's definitely just reality like whether it ends up in a good or bad quote-unquote way like you said no matter the only thing we can guarantee is that people will change mm-hmm. and i want to ask with you mentioned that hannah i want to ask how do you maintain a sense of self in a relationship like Ooh, not being question. too dependent on your boyfriend and still being able to be hannah outside of just the like your boyfriend whatever his name is girlfriend 
That's such an important question because that's something that's so valuable to me because I'm very, I value my identity and I value my independence so much. And that's something that like I always get scared of with relationships is that like I'll end up kind of losing myself. And then like when that relationship ends, I'm just kind of left to scramble. And that's the thing with my boyfriend is he very lets me, like he doesn't like let me, but I'm allowed to like, I just can be my individual self and like I'm a very busy person I have a job I'm a sorority and he's very understanding of like you know I'm not always gonna have time for him with certain things and there'll be weeks where I'll be busy but I can always still feel like I can kind of put myself first and put like my independence and my individuality and he's like never intimidated by that or gets insecure by that and that's one thing that's like really healthy in our relationship and like same thing goes for him I will always support him if he has a goal or something and if he needs to go out and do something go do it because I'm very heavy on individuality could you tell us more about you said you're in a sorority Mm -hmm. there are I think a lot of misconceptions a lot of stereotypes about sororities like I don't know if you've ever seen the tv show Greek my roommate and I love it like we are obsessed Mm -hmm. the love story between Cappy and Casey like I won't get into it but it's a very good show but it Mm -hmm. it changed our perception of sororities a lot because people make assumptions and sometimes those assumptions are valid sometimes they are true but like my my cousin's wife was in a sorority and for reference my cut they're they're both um, lesbians. Well, her wife is bi. But that's not something people expect from sorority girls. Mm-hmm. But she had an incredible experience. She still keeps in contact with her sorority sisters. And I've never been in a sorority, but I do have two sisters. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about the love and the sisterhood that you get from your sorority. Yeah, so I would kind of fell victim back in the day to kind of like looking into those misconceptions. And it made me scared to join a sorority. But my mom was my mom was a Sigma Kappa here at MSU, and she was very like, just give it a try. And so I ended up COBing my sorority. So I didn't what go. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's like a whole different language sometimes. So it means continuous open bidding. So I didn't go through formal rush. I ended up dropping formal rush because I got very nervous about it. So the sorority I'm in, Theta, after formal rush, they still needed more girls. So they announced that. They were going to do continuous open bidding. So I went on like a date with a senior in the sorority and she kind of interviewed me, but it was a very genuine conversation. And I felt like I could be very authentic with who I was. And she was like very honest with me about what the sorority was like, what they value. And so that kind of made me feel very safe. And that's a big reason why I went with Theta. And I ended up getting a bid and I joined. And It has been such a great support system for me. My sorority sisters are always so supportive of all all the things I do. Like they always will come up to me and be like, I read your stories, stuff like that. They'll always give me ideas, especially with a love and sex beat, because I live in the sorority house. And girls are always like, Tommy, you should do a story on this. Or like, I have this friend you can talk to. So it's very nice to just have like a sisterhood with people who support me and I feel like my sorority itself is just full of very like ambitious girls that very like push each other so I feel like it definitely like kind of breaks that like stereotype of like oh it's just all party 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 and And that's a regional thing too because I know sororities here are not the same as sororities down south yes (laughs) they they every yeah it, it like I was saying like I know in 
I know Wayne State can't have sorority houses because Detroit has really old laws on the books about brothels. Mm -hmm. And, like, with the number of women, the way that it works is that it, it ends up basically banning sorority houses, essentially, which I think is a little bit funny. But sororities differ regionally, and I think that it's safe to say they might not be as intense here as they mm -hmm. are down south because I know it's it's a it's like a I know there's a documentary about it like it can be a lot down there yeah and we do do a lot of work because historically sororities were very discriminatory and stuff and we do do a lot of work we do we do a lot of seminars on focusing on how we can improve our recruiting system to be more inclusive and like kind of just focusing on like how can we turn conversations like instead of like asking a girl like oh like what were you involved in in high school because like some girls might not have been able to join tons of clubs because they had to work a long hours to help pay their rent for their family mm -hmm. so like kind of like switching the conversation to like like what what was a day after school like for you oh, that's that's, that's I, the song question. rich kids by b miller is amazing yeah that that i think answers all my questions about sororities anthony <laughs> Yeah, I had a, a couple. So you mentioned that you live with uh, your sorority sisters in a sorority mm -hmm. house. How is it living with other people just in, in general? Yeah, it is fun. It's sometimes a lot living because it's like 50 some girls. Wow. And That's it can crazy. be a lot sometimes. Luckily, my room's kind of like tucked away in a little corner, hmm. but I'm like right next to the quad, which is great because like when I want my alone time, which I really value, I can have my alone time. But then, like, I can leave my room and there's always someone I could talk to or there's always something going on. There's always something, like, funny happening. Like, our hair dryers keep setting off the fire alarm. Wow. And we keep having to <laughs> evacuate. And, like, we'll, like, take pictures in front of the fire trucks. Or, like, there was a bat in our house one time. So there's always, like, some kind of shenanigan happening. I would love to be surrounded by firefighters. <laughs> And it is just so funny. There's always, like, a going out top you can borrow. If you ever need, like, boy advice or anything, there's always a girl you can talk to. So, like, although it can be overwhelming sometimes, I honestly think it's a really great experience. Okay. And with you saying that, what's been your best memory so far with being in a sorority? Oh, that's such a good question. That's hard to pick because I've just, like, met so many girls. I Like, kind of like when I first joined my sorority it's, like, hard because, like, there's so many girls you have to meet at once, and you're not going to know every single girl right away. So I feel like my favorite memory was at every different event I went to, I met a different girl who I just, like, in my sorority who I just vibe with. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, I got added in my private story and stuff like that to the point where I just, like, kind of knew everyone in my sorority. So it's kind of fun just being able to realize that, like, you can just vibe with anyone. We all all have, like, very, like, different but, like, similar personalities, if that makes sense. Kind mm -hmm. of, like... Like, so, like, we all kind of bring different things to the table. So that's been, like, my favorite memory is just being able to realize that, like, everybody can vibe with each other and just realizing that, like, there's always a friendly face around. That's so, definitely oh. cool. No, I'll just go say that's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Uh, I think this segues into what I wanted to ask you next. So living with a lot of a lot of people, did you grow up with siblings? And were they sisters, brothers, siblings in general? Yeah, so I actually grew up with an older brother, Nick. He was such he's such a great older brother to me. He's three years older than me. So he was a senior at Michigan State when I was a freshman. And he was really great to have around because so he he was in AKSI, which is a co ed business fraternity. And so he had a car, and his house was really close to my dorm. I lived in Brody. 
and he was always like if I ever needed a ride if I was ever like stressed about something he would always come pick me up take me to the grocery store he would let me use drive his car if I needed to go I'm from South Line which is our way if I needed to go back home he would always let me use his car he would always like he never got annoyed if I asked him for advice so I was very lucky to grow up with a very supportive older brother who just always like had my back always looked out for me which I feel like also kind of carries into like my relationships too it kind of has me set this high standard for the men in my life if you've we should keep count of how many times I've mentioned different songs, but there's a song by Jax called Like My Father where she says, I want a man who loves me like my father loves my mom. Beautiful song. So so sisterhood is kind of a new thing for you then. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up with one of my neighbors. So she is my neighbor that she's like a big sister to me, is a year younger than my brother. And then she has a younger brother who's the same age as me. So we were kind of, like, always hanging out because we both had, like, kind of opposite dynamics. And she was always such a big sister to me. She also goes to Michigan State. So I kind of had a little bit of sisterhood growing up. But being in a sorority definitely amplified that Mm -hmm. a lot. And it kind of gave me that, but, like, kind of times 10. And she's still a big sister figure to me. Is always texting me. And we always text each other about things at MSU. And she's always looking out for me. But definitely, like, that that experience growing up definitely made me realize I wanted a sisterhood in college. So if I've been paying attention correctly, Michigan State is in your family. I was thinking yes. the same thing. Oh, my gosh. I So my MSU email is Holy Crow 7 because I am the seventh Holy Cross to go to Michigan State. But that doesn't even cover everyone in my family who's gone because I have cousins and aunts and uncles who have also gone here but have different last names i was gonna say i'm also the seventh because my gra- <gasps> my grandmother crazy. was here in 1961 uh she mm-hmm. didn't graduate from here but she was here my mother graduated in 92 and then she graduated again with her uh, master's degree in 2018 my cousin betsy was here in the early 2000s she met her husband and then my aunt Lindsay was here also in the early 2000s Yes, I have a cousin and an aunt who are the same age. It's a really long story. My grandma had my grandma's oldest daughter and her youngest daughter are like 17 years apart, so it's a whole thing. But so my aunt was here and then she met her husband. So does that make me whatever? The point is I've got a Spartan family too. Yeah. But I were you gonna say something? I was just gonna say, ironically, I come from or last time every time I used to wear ironically now, I think I ailed and she corrected me. A whole other thing. But crazy enough. I come from a U of M family, so that's just what? like my sister went to U of M, and then my family. I have an auntie who went to U of M, and then my parents are big U of M, or my dad specifically, big U of M fan. Walmart. So, I don't get it. Oh, there's Walmart a joke Wolverines. about Walmart Wolverines because like a lot of Michigan State fans, a lot of Michigan State fans went to Michigan State, whereas mm-hmm. not a lot of Michigan Michigan fans went to Michigan. Although to be fair, they've got a much lower acceptance rate than we do. Mm. That is um, true. But speaking of family, my next question. We talked about this a little bit. We have our, um, I don't know if attraction is the right word, I guess interest in sex and love comes from the fact that we weren't raised in very, um, what I guess people would now call sex positive households. Mm -hmm. So these are two separate subjects, obviously love and sex. And I think this conversation tends to go more towards the latter. So Anthony and I, we've talked about, like I said, um, we're both raised not talking about sex not thinking about it like it just wasn't a topic in our households Mm -hmm. so how does that compare or contrast to your experience yeah so I'm very lucky I was always very 
able to be very open with my mom. My mom is very like imagine you can, you can come to me about anything. I'm sorry, mom. Like I'd rather you tell me than kind of keep something from me and keep it secret. So I was like always able to like go to her about things. There was always that kind of initial like should I go to her about this? Like maybe, but my mom has crazy intuition. She's kind of given it to me too cuz I also have crazy intuition, but she always can tell when something's wrong with me or when I have something I want to talk to her about but I'm like unsure she'll always be like are you sure you're doing okay are you sure there's not something on your mind and she's on the dot every time there is something on my mind so I was always very able to be open with her because she would know if I wasn't (laughs) but not in a way to get me in trouble just in a way to make sure that like mentally and physically I was doing okay so I was very very lucky because I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know didn't really grow up with that but I also do have friends that did grow up like that so it was a very positive experience I was very lucky to have and you helped me perfectly transition to a question I wanted to ask you with your boyfriend and just relationship experience you've had in the past how have you gotten comfortable with being vulnerable and opening yourself up when it comes to like intimacy or emotion or just all that whole spectrum yes so one thing that really attracted me to my boyfriend before we started dating because him and I were friends for a few months before we kind of realized we liked each other was just how comfortable I was around him I feel like sometimes that deters people from relationships because they kind of seek that like excitement that comes from the uncomfortableness but I feel yeah, I feel comfortable around him, but there's also that excitement aspect. And, like, one thing about him is, like, even from, like, the get-go in our relationship, I was always felt very comfortable being open with him and, like, telling him things about myself that were very intimate. So I feel like that was, like, very good in our relationship because I just feel very comfortable. I think that's so important and something that's very overlooked when people are looking for a partner is, like, how comfortable are you kind of digging deep with things in your life and your life story and stuff like that and like same thing goes for him he's always said how comfortable he feels around me and telling me things and that also kind of goes along with the communication aspect as well okay and with being in your relationship you're with uh you're in now and then past experiences and then being love and sex reported the state news how has it helped you grow mentally when thinking about like love and sex and just as a person mm-hmm. how has it helped your growth yeah so i have changed like with like my mentally and like with how I um, approach relationships so much since high school and so much since I've like started dating my boyfriend like he has helped me grow so much as a person and like I'm his first girlfriend as well so I'm sure he can say that the same thing about growth and he's like kind of just helped me just like almost like feel better about myself and like kind of appreciate self-love as well because he's always hyping me up always like bringing me up when I'm down and so he's definitely helped me grow a lot as a person and then like being the love and sex reporter like I said being able to have like personal deep conversations with sources like I'm writing going deeper if you will yeah (laughs) going deeper it's almost like being the reporter is a lot is a learning experience and every story I write is something I want to learn about Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like I want to learn about it I'm sure you know one time a professor told me when it comes to writing stories and thinking of story ideas if you're not interested in it interested in it other people won't that is so true and i think with like the love and sex beat it's like if it's something i want to learn other people want to learn about it too absolutely this brings up something we were talking about off the mic because you mentioned high school Mm -hmm. we were talking about i think it was first kisses Mm -hmm. yeah and 
I this is I know this person isn't is is a little is a little and by a little I mean a lot problematic. But when I was pretty young, I saw Shane Dawson. He was in some video. Jada, don't make that face at me. Don't make that face at me. Okay, I know. I remember Shanae. Okay, I was I was like twelve. Anyway, but I saw him in a video, and he said that he didn't have his first kiss until he was twenty three, and that was really reassuring to me because. In the books I read, and like I said, I think it was around 12. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it was always 12, 13 was the first kiss. And I didn't have my first kiss until I was 19. So it, it can be one of those moments where what you see and what you're exposed to, can it be so impactful. Because I never forgot that. Even after he, yeah, he, that's enough, that, a story for another time. But Yeah, it is so impactful because... Like, I always thought I was late to the game because I had my first kiss when I was 17. And I remember, like, always talking to my mom because I was, like, sad because, like, I never really had, like, dates to dances until my senior year. I'd never been on a date, never really, like, talked to a guy nor held hands. So I just felt very, like, late to the game. And, like, a lot of my friends were, like, similar in that aspect like a lot of other people at my high school you know had relationships had had boyfriends for years on and I was still here like I've never even held hands so I always just felt very insecure about that but as I've gotten older I'm like that's so normal like I've talked to girls I'm like met in college and they're like I was the same exact way in high school like some of my friends haven't even like had boyfriends yet and it's just so normal and it is nothing to be ashamed about and I wish I could just like go back to my younger self and be like you're fine you're doing great because like I honestly did not care that much it was kind of like a security thing Mm -hmm. just kind of like I just felt insecure about I was like why am I not good enough but most people that are like kind of like had that similar experience I'm like you're literally gorgeous smart amazing person like there was no reason for you to be insecure and I wish I could just go back and tell myself that 100% I think the insecurity that comes with being a teenage girl is overwhelming like I don't think I have ever met a woman in my life who was not insecure in their teenage years it's it's crazy I mean I know always the um the feminine uh, hygiene products company do they make tampons? That's not important. <laughs> I, I know they make pads. Um, but they did a whole campaign uh, for young girls talking about how how extremely common it is to have these self-esteem issues. And I also remember thinking, like I said, I was 19, very late to the game. But I've – or not even. Not even very late to the game. Just late to the game that is shown in movies and TV. And I've, I've it's almost a blessing in some ways because I think – I did hold hands with somebody when I was like 14, but neither of us were like out yet. It was con- she was a woman. It was it's a long story, and I kind of talked to like one person, but I found that, and this is not always the case. Sometimes you sidestep a lot of drama because when you're young and you're figuring out what love is, and not even love, just crushes and stuff, it can go very wrong when you're in high school. And I've I've met people who have had bad experiences because. They did those things in when in like at a younger age. So when I think about people who don't have their first kiss till college or even beyond that, Steve Carell and Forty Year Old Virgin. No, I'm just kidding. Good movie though. They um they, they they tend to have avoided stuff like that. That's like one thing my mom would say to me verbatim. So it's funny that you bring that up when I would like used to talk to her like before I had a relationship or anything about how I wish I had had a boyfriend and stuff like that. And then like after my first relationship, my mom was kind of like, see, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that great. <laughs> I was like, 
Yeah, you were right. Like, it wasn't really all that I thought it would be. Like, that's the thing is, like, I feel like in high school, I, like, was, like, always, like, very insecure about not that, but, like, you, you're right, you sidestep so much drama, and I'm very much, like, I try to be as least problematic as possible, and high school relationships are extremely problematic. You are in such an enclosed environment. Everybody knows everything about everyone. Meanwhile, like, in college, you can have more privacy because it's more of, like, a bigger environment. Absolutely. Anthony? And with all the things you uh, guys have been saying, I just wanted to ask a couple more questions before we let you go, so... Question for both you and L. We, um, me and L mentioned in the intro episode, like there are a lot of, the, the biggest problem when it comes to having these type of conversations is sometimes, especially guys, they don't care about like knowing about like a woman's body or about like a lot of things in general. So both of you, what advice would you give to a guy or just someone who maybe isn't as aware with these type of topics? What advice would you give them as far as emotionally, sexually, about love, just about women or just about something you feel they should know. Do you want to go first? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. I would, I would say don't take it personally. Take it as a learning experience. I feel like sometimes guys can kind of get very, like, put down or, like, sad when, like, a woman is kind of like, oh, like, here's something, like, emotionally and sexually, like, here's something you can do better and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they kind of think it's, like, a hit at them. When, in all honesty, it's out of a place of love and, like, learning and just wanting to improve the relationship so I feel like honestly just don't take it personally just take it with open ears and understand that it's only going to make the relationship in whatever form it is better absolutely absolutely particularly when it comes to sex like women particularly in college and early on we are not expecting Owen Gray <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> like that's <laughs> we're not we're not really and it's okay if like I, we talked about this before. Like, I mean, I I have kind of a different experience because I had a very good first relationship. I mean, there was a learning curve, but it, it's fine if the first couple times you have sex, you don't really know what you're doing. It's okay. It's not a big deal. It's before you've met somebody and learned what they like, or especially if it's like your first time. If you guys have heard Our First Time by Bruno Mars, incredible song. Absolutely incredible song. But... Um, yeah, that would be my advice to men is it's okay to ask. It's okay to not know. Like, hopefully your your girlfriend, your partner, whatever, she's not going to laugh at you. She's not going to run and tell her friends. I mean, I, I mean, some people do that, but it's it happens less than you think because hopefully she respects you and you respect her. So. And the last question I have in my mind for you, Hannah, is – when you think of the word love or when you see like sex and love and when you think about it, what does it mean to you and how would you describe it? I feel like love is just such like a, it's like so hard to describe because it can be different in so many different ways. And I feel like there's just so many different like self-love, relationship love, family love, friend love. And just it's just always so different. And I feel like one thing is just always just like what makes you feel the best and like what makes you the happiest and like when I think of love I think of someone who I want to spend every day with who I want to turn to whenever something good happens in life or whenever I'm feeling good about myself that I can turn to and be like hey this is how it's going and like they can kind of feel the same way as well 
Great answer. And with that being said, I think that's all I have. Do you have any uh, additional questions? No, no, but this was wonderful. Yeah, I really loved it. Thank you. Before we uh, get out of here, do you want to shout out any plans you have moving forward with any stories you have uh, ideas about or just your Mm -hmm. social medias or whatever you want to shout out? Yeah, so my Twitter is Han Holy Cross because Han Holy Cross was taken. (laughs) And I do have some fun stories coming up. Like I said, uh, science behind changing hair after a breakup. I'm doing a story on um, does sex really sell in advertising still, Mm. Um, just with how politically incorrect it is. And then also I'm planning on trying to pitch a story about situationships (gasps) and the harmful concept of body count. So I talked about that in the first episode. I'm very excited for those stories. Sounds like you have a lot of amazing things coming, and I can't wait. I know Elle can't wait to consume those stories. And again, like I mentioned earlier with our other story, please go to thestatenews.com to consume more of Hannah's content and hopefully our podcast as well. Mm -hmm. And with that being said... We're always going to take a deep dive, but sometimes it's good to come up for air. This has been the Going Deeper Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.